You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. Hi, this is Reese Roper, and you're listening to our newest podcast ever. Hey, everybody, this is Andrew and John, and we love this podcast because it's about us. Welcome to Magnified Pod, the second season, our newest podcast ever. And call now and we'll send you a free Roper liquor cabinet and flute while supplies last. (laughs) I'm Andrew. I'm John. And this is our podcast. That might not make sense, (laughs) but it will. It's true. Uh, we are going to be interviewing and talking with Reese Roper, Scott Kerr, and our boy, Cheer. <laughs> Jeremy S.H. Griffith. Recent Scott, recent Scott joining the Three Timers Club. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy returning. Returning um, for the, I was going to call him a two timer. That is not a, uh, <laughs> that is not a phrase that anybody should want to be called. No. So we'll scratch that. But we are lucky to have those dudes back on the pod. Yep. So stick around for <laughs> that interview. Talking the new record and a lot of nonsense. A whole lot of nonsense. Goes off the rails as one might expect. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, John, we are rapidly, rapidly winding down. Mm. We will have... <coughs> I'm getting, emo- <laughs> getting emotional. We, we will have. <laughs> we will have. Let me just. We've. Like it's yourself. only. Yeah, we we we're only talking for three hours, so <laughs> I'm a little I'm a little parched. But uh, before we we get to that, uh, we're winding down. We have some voicemails we need to catch up on. Mostly some voicemails from folks who want to share their thoughts and ideas about the new record Mm. but john we need to talk about our boy uh casey shock yes uh aka (laughs) johnny two grins Uh we he accomplished something (laughs) that i think few people outside of uh maybe mickey um mm. have accomplished and that is concluding the journey of listening to all magpod episodes so let's uh, let's let's check in with our boy casey shock mr john mr andrew what's up my dudes it's casey <laughs> shock johnny Tugrins, <laughs> as i was knighted by y'all um so i have officially finished all of your entire pantheon. I have annihilated it with my ear holes and it is all ingested. <laughs> so I have listened to a lot of you guys this year, according to Spotify, like 11,300 minutes. Oof. And that was before <laughs> I finished the last four episodes I need to catch up with, plus the two that were released since. And also not counting the times I've re-listened to like at least 10 or 15 of your episodes wow. because I wanted to hear them again. And I really Damn. honestly super enjoyed talking to you guys this year and getting to know you guys this year um obviously more than you've gotten to know me because i've listened to eleven thousand three hundred minutes of you guys talking but i love it all and 
it's been so cool to be able to connect with people about something that I loved so much in the past, which was Five Iron, and still love, and can't wait for the Kickstarter stuff to get released. And um, going back and hearing season one of uh, MXPX was basically like my prequels for you guys because <laughs> I didn't hear it initially. And <laughs> actually, controversially, I did not listen to MXPX before listening to you guys talk about them. That is wild to me. Yeah. That somebody who grew up listening to Five Iron, I mean, these are adjacent scenes, you know. That's. We did have people who were on board for MXPX that did not listen to second season because they didn't listen to Five Iron as much. So I guess it goes both ways. I I suppose so, but it it just seems like. uh, It just seems like he was saying that, like, I don't know if he was saying that like he wasn't a fan or just like he ne- like it sounded like he said that he's like never listened. Like yeah. it's just like almost like he's like unfamiliar with like any of their music. Uh which is crazy considering how much Five Iron and MXPX seems so intertwined in more in more recent years, right. you know? Yeah. They played so many shows together. Yeah. And um so I think that's I think that's that's wild. That's wild. Um so thank you. Uh Casey left us a very uh long, uh kind message. So Yeah. Thanks, um, buddy. We appreciate the uh eleven thousand hours. <laughs> Wait, minutes, at- right? <laughs> So, sorry, 11,000 minutes. <laughs> it feels 11, like 11,000 hours. Yeah, it feels like 11,000 hours. Uh, <laughs> That's how many hours this uh, podcast you got to edit down is oh right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this is that will be that will be what I'm doing this weekend, the 11,000 hours of editing. Um but that's going to be that's going to be my life going forward because season 3, baby. Woo, 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 woo. It's happening. Um but you know we have we have some folks, we have some folks that are uh, have been calling in, mm-hmm. John, about yes, this new record. Have you heard of hey, it? I heard of it. Yes, this five iron record. Until this shakes apart, mm. let's listen to our boy Danny Stairs. So, you guys, your boy Danny Stairs is going to say, "Oh my God." The fucking album is so good. God, I mean, I I knew it was gonna be good, but God, they outdid themselves this time. Oh, the sound and the lyrics, just fucking fire, and they just keep coming. Oh, so good. I just finished up with my first listen to the album. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about it. Um, I'll tune, motherfuckers. <laughs> Classic Danny, where we can hear about half of that. Classic Danny (laughs) Stairs voicemail, muddled for most of it, but that was uh, on the 14th, so that would have been... Like hours after it came out. Hours after it, yeah, that was released, so 7.50 on the 14th, so that would have been like just after it was released to the the, uh, Kickstarter people. He's not wrong. Um, no, he's not wrong. Uh, Bobby G, Robert Gay, past guest. Hey, boy, Robbie G, Robert Gay. 
back wearing those fancy Christmas shoes. Although, um, it occurred to me, uh, so Five Iron just added some new merch to their website, and uh, you can now get yourself some Christmas pants. These are not my pants. It's not Christmas time anymore. Maybe like a Valentine's Day pants set, courtesy of Five Iron Frenzy. Anyway, Five Iron put out a new album, and it's amazing, and you guys are going to talk about it. Uh, holy mackerel, it's so, so good. It is definitely top-tier level Five Iron. It's going to take me some time to feel out where it sits in the, the grand echelon. Um, I do have a quick top three. I don't know if I can put them in order, but um, my top three, if I had to pick one, my top one would probably be Renegades right now. Just really mm. stoked on that song. It's amazing. Number two, maybe in through the outdoor. Number three, right now I'm going to say Tyrannus, although sometimes it's Walt Supplies Last and the whole record, I just keep listening start to finish. It's so good. There's a lot of Roper vibes now and then. There's uh, a lot of super cool Scott Bridges. Anyway, great album. Uh, Magpod for life. Drink a hand. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Uh, th- thanks, Bobby G. Uh, I'm, I'm very curious. So these, both Danny and uh, Robert Gay left these messages like within... Uh, Danny left it within hours of the album coming out. Robert Gay left his the next day. So um, I, I'm curious uh, as people sort of keep listening and reflect on the songs and let them sink in more how this album will stack up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Gay still saying um, he he's, he needs to let it uh simmer and like where find out where it fits mm-hmm. in his in in his uh placement of uh, five iron albums but danny already danny already I'm knows boy danny stairs again uh calling in about john's hot take that he doesn't like this album as much as engine i like engine it's a great album don't get me wrong uh it's definitely uh one of their best but uh, I'm, I'm gonna say this here uh, i'm gonna say it, you know loud and proud uh, this is the best Five Iron Frenzy album. Um, I obviously haven't spent as much time with it as you guys, but this one for me, th- this is it. I think we're going to find that John is on the wrong side of history here. Uh, he's wrong about this, and this is the best. And, uh, you know, maybe he'll come around, but it'll be too late. You know, we'll have left him in the dust. He, he's, you know, he's slowly going away of the buffalo, so to speak. Magpop for life. <laughs> You know, John, you need to respond to this. The band agrees with you, <laughs> Dan. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we, we, we've, we've rehashed this plenty. I said up top that I think objectively it, it's probably their best album. Um, musically, production-wise, lyrically, all that stuff. But I don't know. Uh, time will tell. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Got Jason from Atlanta. New episode, it's awesome. The new album, Frickin' Rules. Jason from Atlanta, by the way, called in before. But yeah, I think you are 100% that Reese would agree that this is their most Christian album. Like, I don't know if you saw his comment. He's like, I consider myself a Christian, meaning I follow the examples and teachings of Christ, which I think are counter to most of the American evangelical church. I think that Mm. says it all right there. Mm. I love this album. 
lyrically on, on point. And as a Southerner, Tyrannus is my mm. jam. Like the day after, the day that they had came out with that album and they surprise dropped it and someone had put the lyrics up on Genius, I just plastered it on Facebook. I've already pissed off all of my family members <laughs> who hold to that whole heritage, not hate think. What's one more uh, Barb sent their way? It, it's awesome. But yeah, show's awesome. Can't wait for the next season, guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jason from Atlanta, that's all I have to say. That's right. That um, is, <laughs> I love it. I love the, I love t- Tyrannus so much because there's, you know, you can say, say what you want about like, some people will be like, okay, yeah, I can, <laughs> you know, he's, he's talking about school shootings. Yeah, I can understand that. He's talking about criticizing the church. Yeah, I can understand that. But like, when you say like we're gonna bulldoze your statues and burn <laughs> your flags, yep. that I can't imagine. I want to like uh, like any any uh, people in the south, their heads probably simultaneously all exploded listening to that. Yeah, but I am I am a hundred percent here for it. I love seeing this kind of reaction, which I've seen several times now of like southern Five Iron listeners being like, "Hell yeah, we're here for this." Um, also. Yeah, uh, he commented on your your take about it being the most Christian album, which I saw there was some back and forth uh, on social about this, Um, which I just wanted to mention briefly, you know, like people saying they don't know if there's a most or a least Christian. Um, But I think what I would say is maybe like most explicitly Christian, maybe like there's a different you could say that there's a a most Christian if it mentions Jesus a lot and have it be that, or it could be the kind of thing you're saying where it's like these songs that are clearly motivated by faith, calling people out and having that be explicitly Christian. So in a way, like, I don't know, I understand the, like not making a distinction between most or least Christian, but like most explicitly guided by the principles that Jesus calls us to like that. That feels fair to me. Most explicitly rooted in the gospels. Yeah, and, that feels and fair most to me. explicitly explicitly rooted in, uh, you know, and I think this is something too that I want to I, I could expand on as I've given it some more thought. That you know, Christianity to me is not so much. It's not. It's only about worship songs. It's not only about saying all the things only talking about the things that god does for you or the ways that you're a sinner and jesus saved you Mm -hmm. as if christianity is primarily something that's transactional like something it's all about what you get like it's it's all about it's like a joel osteen sort of situation like let's talk about the positive things about christianity let's be like what this can do for you yeah that's and that's you know because you can talk about the that Jesus was upsetting the religious uh authorities of the day and he mm-hmm. was questioning the established religious uh, authorities and he was turning over the tables and he was uh really challenging people uh on what they what the what it meant to be someone you know, the Pharisees, the most religious people and, Mm -hmm. uh, and hanging out with the people that were dismissed by society. And, and again, all of these, these verses that I was citing about, 
the sheep and the goats and doing for the least of these and uh yeah you know these these are the these are the things that i feel like are exemplified by the gospels and and if we're talking about the specifically the teachings of jesus i think these are the things that are rooted in a lot of the songs that reese wrote and yeah, yeah there's not a battle dancing unicorns or uh uh superpowers or o canada song mm-hmm. on this record where the you know there's not a these are not my pants rock opera so yeah you're not going to get a moment of levity but not every time in history calls for a moment of levity yeah I'm so, with you. That's what I will say about that. Um, Stephen from Kansas City. Hey guys, this is Stephen in Kansas City. Um, just wanted to tell you what I thought of the new album. Uh, first off, I've been a Five Iron Frenzy fan for for years. I think the first song I ever heard was Dandelions. Right around the same time, Quantity came out. Went to their final show, quote unquote final show in Denver. Drove through a blizzard to get there. Um, I, this year has been kind of crappy and hearing you guys go through all the albums has been a huge, uh, exciting point. And then just being excited about the new album was huge for me. But when I first heard it, I was just sort of worn down by all the, uh, crap that's been going on in the world and just hearing more about that was kind of disappointing. But then I, um, thanks to somebody who posted one of these things in one of the Facebook groups. Uh, said that you can kind of notice a theme of, of song and singing being uh, kind of a stand-in for hope. And I hadn't really noticed that when I first listened to the album. And I kind of needed that that shot of hope, even though there's a lot of things that feel pretty hopeless that needed to be called out. So it was really encouraging to start looking into the lyrics and seeing that theme kind of go across not just a few songs, but many, many songs in the album. So after hearing that and see, kind of seeing that in the, in the lyrics, it kind of opened it up for me. This album musically is freaking fantastic and I love it. Mm. Um, maybe I don't get quite as jazzed as when I listen to Upbeats, but it's an awesome, awesome album. And I'm so excited that, that they put it out because I think a lot of people need to hear it. Uh, obviously it's causing some discussion, uh, on the interwebs and I think that's probably good. Hopefully some people will start thinking about things and, um, maybe it'll make a, a difference for some folks, but, just always thankful for what Five Iron has done and how they've made me think more. So I think they've continued to do that on this album. And I say I have been listening to it nonstop, probably driving my wife and kids crazy, but that's all right. And uh, thanks for all you guys do. Rock on. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think this is also part of uh, needing to take time with the album. Yeah. And, uh so that so he's talking about that little bit of a shift you know the Mm -hmm. yeah i i i totally agree we've been beaten down over this last year um and i think how some people respond to this is like some people might listen to this album and they might hear it and be like oh this is saying everything that i've been feeling but haven't been able to put to words or some people might feel like this is a catharsis. And then some people like, you know, Steven was saying that it felt like, uh, I need, I need the hope. I, I need the, the hope piece. I need to, I need something to tie this together. And, you know, that's that, 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 that the element of song that sort of mm-hmm. 
uh, throughout the throughout the album is definitely there. And I still do feel like the album ends on a hopeful note. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I mean, we called out these kind of themes that played throughout about about singing and, and flying and how ultimately the ending of the album kind of culminates in tying those th- those themes together. And even though it's like weary, it's it's hopeful. Um, so, yeah, thanks for those for those comments, Stephen. All right, we got our boy Riker. Hey, Andrew and John. This is Riker from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, I say that because I love shouting out GR, but also to distinguish myself from your other listeners named Riker. And anyway, (laughs) I know this is a long time no voicemail situation, but Mm -hmm. I've been here listening all along. So to break that silence, I wanted to share a few thoughts on season two and until this shakes apart. So this might be a two-parter voicemail, but I'll see what I can do and try to be succinct here. So first of all, uh, season two has been incredible. Um, It really brought me a lot of joy during a strange, chaotic year, unlike any other. But unlike the um, MXPX season, uh, where I was very familiar with all the music, I never really listened to Five Iron Frenzy before. And I always knew of them, but I never really committed to finding a gateway in. So I remember, you know, I think looking them up once before on YouTube, and the first result was Pants, I believe. And, you know, that left me kind of confused (laughs) and didn't really know where to go from that. So, you know, never really found a way in. But when you started this new season, I decided to let each episode be the very first time I listened to every album. And it So this kind of goes sort of to the point earlier just like we were saying yeah like yeah the people who are mxpx fans who don't know five iron and five iron fans who know mxpx well here i am i'm proven (laughs) wrong i guess i'm the asshole in this situation so this is this is fat this is (laughs) 100 (laughs) percent all right (laughs) we'll continue with riker an extremely fun experiment and a really fun way to dive into five irons music and become a fan. So thank you for that introduction. Um, I also loved how the band actively participated, you know, not only because so many band members brought great insights and interviews, but because you deserve that recognition. Um, I know this is a labor of love for you guys, and I really appreciate all of the time and energy that you pour into it. So I'm glad more people are discovering it and joining in. So now I will share a few thoughts on the new album in my top three. So Until This Face Apart is probably my favorite for sure. Uh, every song is great and lyrically it's so on point and speaks to how I've been feeling. And I'm just so glad that I didn't miss the Kickstarter this time. I can't wait for the vinyl to arrive, you know, four to five months, whatever they said. So um, it definitely takes the number one spot for me. And if you're curious, I don't think I ever shared my favorite albums, but Engine of a Million Plots, The End is Near, and our newest album ever are my other favorites, but haven't quite figured out the order yet. So um, I'll start my top three. I have a feeling this voicemail is about to get cut off, but I don't know. I'll just keep hanging in there. Yeah, so it is is about to get cut off. Um, So uh, it looks like he says his number one is In Through the Outdoor, uh, and then wall supplies last, um, and number three. Uh, so it's number three is Burfano. Um, 
it's it's so interesting. I think a lot of people's number th- their top threes are going to be so all over the place, which uh, yeah, you know, it's fair. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny that he's got the end is near so so close. I mean, so high up on his list. Um, not necessarily the most common take, uh, but I love. I just love the idea of like him going into the season not knowing them at all, and by the end, just like being so glad he got to be part of this Kickstarter and like super pumped about the record. Like that's that's so cool. I love it. I love it. We've missed you, Riker. And yeah, man. Um, I'm I'm really there's so many rad people. Like you know, John, you and I got a chance to meet Riker. Yeah. Um, at a uh, MXPX show, um, and. He's such a cool dude. Um, so I'm hoping more more listeners like I posted this on on our Twitter recently. Like, if you see us at a show, you know, come up and say hi. Come give <laughs> yeah, us man. a hug. You know, yeah. like like we we want to meet we want to meet the people who've been listening and even the people that don't like send us you know voicemails or or whatever. Like, just come say hi. Like, oh man, I'm just so I'm just so excited to meet people and. Uh, go to a show again. So we'll have another Magpod meetup at some point wow. in life. For sure. For sure. No, I, I would like there to be a Magpod meetup with you, John, in the same <laughs> yeah, nice. Twin Cities. <laughs> be, what a concept. When you live here. That's what I want. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm unbearable and I and <laughs> I just fully accept that that place in your life. That's All great. Right, uh uh jason from la yo what's up guys it's uh jason out here in la uh just enjoyed your last podcast uh especially on the new 500 frenzy album which i think is amazing completely agree with you about this being the most christian christian album they've ever done mm-hmm. even there's no worshipy songs or whatever but um really just kind of a slap in the face to the far right which they deserve it but uh <laughs> one song that really I can relate to is that while supplies last, uh, you guys know I work at the grocery store. I'm actually sitting yep. in the parking lot right now, ready to start my shift. But uh, the story I got to share is the first day of the pandemic. Uh, it was insane. The shelves were getting empty, but uh, I work in the deli, and uh, some guy walked up right before I was gone over my fifth hour for lunch. Some guy walked up and said he needed ham. I let him know that hey, I'm about to go on my lunch. The guy looked at me and says, nobody gives a damn about you. Give me my damn ham. Wow. And uh, that was pretty much what we went through. Actually, we're still going through for the last 10 months. It's been uh, it's been bullshit. Uh, I'm sick of all these people uh, treating grocery workers like shit. It's been tough. Uh, at the beginning, there'd be times I'd be going home in tears. But uh, while supplies last was really kind of a middle finger to everybody. And, uh, thank you, Reese, for speaking up. When I DM'd him about this uh, situation, he said he was going to name the album uh, Give Me My Damn Ham. He didn't. I'm very disappointed in you, Reese. <laughs> so screw you. Uh, just kidding. But uh, you guys keep up the good work. And uh, looking forward to you guys uh, the next episode. And looking forward to this new season, too. Uh, as an old school tooth and nail kid, I'm going to yeah. enjoy this next season of Slick Shoes and just bands like Hangnail and uh, yes. other cool little punk bands that were around that time. So keep up the good work, guys. See ya. Thanks, man. Yeah, you know, I I uh, I have such compassion um, for uh, Jason and other people working in customer service. Yeah. Um, you know, 
I remember Jason calling in yeah. you know, early on in the pandemic. And I'm just like, I can't imagine just the unparalleled yeah. levels of exhaustion. Totally. They must feel and frustration. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just the, the tension that everybody must be feeling just the longer this drags on, yeah. you know, God damn it. You know, yeah. people just be nice to people in the service industries, tip people, yeah. have a yep. little kindness for God's sakes. Yeah. Thank I you, like- Jason, for your work. Thank yes. you for, and I'm sorry that people are so shitty and I, I, I hate it. Yeah. Thank you for listening, Jason. I, I feel like there's all this attention paid early on to essential workers and thanking them. And we've kind of forgotten that, but they're still dealing with the same nonsense uh, this many months later. So keep your head up, man. I I appreciate you listening to us and and your work. Yeah. And the same thing, you remember when we would, um, um, we were applauding the people who were working at hospitals and, and now people are like, you know, where's my vaccine? Where's my vaccine? It's like, Hey, wait, weren't you the person who was like saying this was all a hoax and right. downplaying this? Like, I'm seeing that shit, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, wait a second. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's essential. Yeah. It, oh, God. Anyway, I'm I'm getting I'm getting uh, all frustrated. Um. So our last voicemail. Uh. We got Matt. From Mount Vernon, Illinois. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones calling from Mount Vernon, Illinois, Illinois, Ohio. I uh, just calling to say I oh. am very excited uh, every week when I get uh, my update that uh, there's a new magnified podcast coming. Uh, really enjoyed the episode on the latest Five Iron Frenzy. I was part of their Kickstarter, anxiously oh. awaiting their vinyl. But I was able to download the album. It's just incredible. I don't have a favorite song yet, just because I think time will tell which is my favorite. But I so enjoyed your podcast um, this week, reviewing the album song by song. And I know uh, season three is coming up. Very excited about it. I was wondering if you could possibly look into reviewing Model Engine. They used to be called Black Eyed Siva Black back yeah. in the the nineties. They were one of my favorite Christian bands, and they only released one album under Model Engine, but it was incredibly awesome. So maybe you guys could uh, think about reviewing that one, but thanks for all that you do. I love uh, your guys' humor, and uh, can't wait to see what this next season brings. Bye-bye. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate that. So I'm unsure if he is from Illinois or from Ohio. <laughs> I think he's from uh, Ohio. He's from Ohio, because uh, I... I I think there's both Mount Vernon, Illinois. Yeah. So maybe he gets, maybe sometimes he forgets which one he's talking about. I don't know. Maybe, maybe so. Um, yeah. Uh, so model engine looks like they are, uh, they were five minute walk. So they're part of, part of that crew. Um, looks like they're alternative rock band. Uh, so probably not fitting into this next season, but you know, we have, other seasons to come so you know we're as we kind of look at the next kind of uh seasons we'll we have a lot of we have a lot of 
bands that we need to look through. Yeah. But so yeah. Yeah, we'll check them we out. Appreciate, I, I am, appreciate those recommendations. I yeah, I have never I don't know I've them. never heard of them. No. Yeah. Cool. Check it out. Yeah. Um so what do you think, John? Should we uh get to this episode of uh interview? <laughs> I think we interview should episode. Should Thanks we? for <laughs> Thanks for calling in everybody. Yeah, thanks for those uh voicemails and uh more more uh more magnified pod to come with Indeed. all of those voicemails in future seasons. <laughs> Indeed. Uh this is the, we're, we're running out of steam. We're running out of steam here. Okay, let's let's get let's get to our conversation. Get, yeah, let's get to our conversation with uh Scott, Reese, and Jer- Jeremy. Jeremy, sure. Hi, I'm Liam Hooper. And I'm Peterson Toscano. Together, we co-host the Bible Bash podcast. The Bible Bash podcast is a monthly podcast where Peterson, a quirky, queer, Quaker, and Northern Belle, and Liam, a trans Bible scholar and Southern gentleman, get together to examine biblical texts, looking for the characters and situations you don't often hear about. Each month, we look into a different ancient story. We're curious to find insights into our own queer lives. We discuss these and share our findings with you. You can find the Bible Bash podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out at the end of each month. Bible Bash Podcast is part of the Rock Candy Network. All right, John, today on Magnified Pod, we welcome back. We got some three timers, three timers on the pod. We have Reese Roper, Scott Kerr, and returning for the second time, we have Jeremy S.H. Griffith. Uh, Jeremy S.H. Griffith, let me not fuck that up. Welcome back to Magnified Pod. Jeremy. Jeremy. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I what what does that. the SH stand for? I don't even think I know. Simeon Howell. It's my family name. That's, That's cool. So cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone what, thinks it's Regal. like Sean Harry or something, you know? <laughs> or, like, I'm just like, yeah. but I, I, yeah, everyone in my family has four names. I don't know. Cool. I don't know, bro. Like J- Jeremy, Jeremy, Simeon Howell. That sounds like you're that that. If you want to start ghostwriting books or something for somebody, that's a pretty fucking rad author name. I like that. I, I'm that smart. I could write books. <laughs> yeah, it just uh, sounds uh, descended from the aristocracy or something. Yes. Mm. Well, sounds like Howell, you have a small castle. <laughs> Howell, my grandfather, uh, homesteaded. Right down the street from me, and there's a street Howell Drive. Oh, that's damn. Cool. Yeah, so I'm like, you know. Do you, any, do you stake any claim to that road? Do you have any Do you have any? Ownership? I wish. It's, it's waterfront. I'd have money. Uh, it'd be nice. But uh, no. No, I don't at all. You that's could so, probably just claim imminent domain. <laughs> I could just insurrect it and... Insurrect. There you go. I mean, yeah, just stand your ground, bro. It's Florida, so just, just totally it. There are no rules in Florida. Just walk into someone's house and be like, "It's my house now." It's mine. Sorry, bud. Sorry, mine. mine. It's your last last name, Howell. I don't think so. Get the fuck out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hey, so I want to say congratulations, everybody. We uh, we all survived the Trump presidency, and. (sighs) 
We uh, we have a new president as of yesterday. So congratulations, everyone. Cheers. Hey. Cheers. Yeah. To wow. That. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish Cheers. my drink on that. Uh. <laughs> Congratulations also <laughs> for another yes. reason, which is that yes. as we're recording until the shakes apart came out one week ago, uh, we have been, uh, basking in its glory for the last week and are mm-hmm. super eager to, to dive into the record, but congrats on the record coming out guys. That's, that's a big deal. Thank, Thank you. you. There's a new really record out in the world. Trump is no longer president. Thing, things are turning around. I mean, I, I mean, so. it's, it, it's been a, it's been a big week. Yeah. Five iron record losing a fascist. Uh, I feel like the, <laughs> the year are... this, this year started off a little rocky, uh, but you know, turning it around. So, um, how, how are you guys feeling? Um, Reese, I guess we'll start. I want to start with you. Like how, uh, how have you been feeling once, once you made the decision that this is it, you know, no more tweaking or ch- changes. Once the record was done, was that a feeling of relief? Was it, you know, nerves? Was it? Uh, <laughs> I don't think I. I don't think I made that decision. I think it was made for me because I okay. kept. I kept getting frustrated, and uh, and finally I just was like, "Hey, I'm out." I'm not going to talk to you guys for like two weeks, not in a mean way, but just in a way that I was like, I, I just, I had no room in my, in my life for that kind of stress. And so I just mm-hmm. was like, I just got to check out for a minute. And then the record was done and I'm so glad, <laughs> I'm so glad I did. Mm. Yeah, it's good. I was just frustrated. I I do feel like it's the best album we've ever made. I just... I, I think I fixate on on just the minutia, and I couldn't get past it. So it was good. Sure. Did you have any trepidation as it was being released into the world that this is like the most uh, sort of out there, you know, sort of leftist <laughs> anthemic collection, or was it like at that point it, it was what it was, and you weren't. Uh, you didn't feel any like hesitation or anything like that. Yeah. I think I had a little bit of anxiety about it. Um, what's funny is when I checked out was like the end of December, maybe halfway through December. And then the last I remembered was we were going to release it January 1st. (laughs) So Mm. on January 1st, I just kind of chimed in on all of our group text. And I was like, Hey, did we put out an album today? (laughs) And and Tom Chichilla, who is he kind of functions as our manager, he's our booking agent. He said, No, no, it's the fifteenth. We should talk. So we did. Yeah. Yeah. What what about you, Scott? How did you feel like on the verge of its release and how have you felt since it's been out in the world? Um it felt great to get it done, uh obviously. Um Similar to Reese, you know, I, I, I kind of just concluded a long time ago that I would probably keep messing with it until I was forced to stop. Right. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it got to a, a place where I was happy with it and was comfortable, um, you know, sticking a fork in it. Um, but I also expected us to release it more quickly after that, uh, than we ended up doing, uh, 
but it, it was, I guess it turned out to be fine. Um, I think we are all maybe a little concerned that just <clears throat> with its, uh, topical nature, um, you know, we didn't want to, uh, wait, you know, too long and, and, uh, yeah. you know, say things <laughs> when they were no longer relevant or less relevant. Uh, um, yeah. so I, w- I have two questions from, from that, but I guess the first one you, you, you talk about, you were saying that you and Reese seem to both have like a, you know, uh, an indecisive nature or that you keep having more thoughts or ideas on what you want to do. Scott, what is it that you keep tinkering with or keep working on? What would be the thing that you would keep adding or taking away or rethinking? I'm, Mostly little uh, textural things, uh, you know, no major parts. Um, maybe you know, tinkering with uh, the horn tones or things like that. Um, basically, I kind of kept kept pushing that until I felt like Jeremy was getting annoyed with me. <laughs> no, Scott was great. I, it was it was a tenth of what it was on engine. Mm-hmm. I was way more annoying on engine. Is that what you're saying? You weren't annoying. You just were, <laughs> you were worried about every minute detail where this time I felt like it was a more natural, um, t- team on it. And it, uh, I felt like Scott was incredible through it. And just, I mean, he and I had a few fights cause I'm just like a bitch and, uh, <laughs> I make things weird sometimes. I don't mean to, but I fessed up, but no, Scott was great. Reese was great. Um, I don't think it could have gone smoother, to be honest with you. Well, do you think some of that plays into the fact that all of this was happening in three different states versus always being in a maybe being in a room together for some of this? Because I know, Reese, you went to do the vocals um, with with Jer and uh, Scott, you were doing a lot of the additional engineering and tracking in Colorado. So was that, did that help maybe some of the dynamics or was there just still, regardless, was there still constant communication? Scott was the primary producer. Let's remember that. Like Scott right. did the bulk of the recording. Right. Um, so not to interrupt. I'm sorry. Scott, three, two, one, go. <laughs> uh, you know, I think there's good and bad. Uh, that comes about as a result of recording in separate places. Um, uh-huh. I I kind of like having the space uh, for some things anyway to not be self conscious when I experiment and you know without anyone uh, you know you can't help but e- instantly judge something you know as soon sure. as you hear it. So I like to be able to try things that won't work and. So it's nice to have that freedom, but there's also an energy about being in the same room with someone that is also great. So I don't know that one is necessarily better than the other. It's just different. Sure. What do you, I mean, so Jeremy, you master, or you, you mixed the record, you did vocal production, but what do you, what do you attribute what you were saying before to that? Like the process was smoother than engine. Is there something that you guys would point to in particular that made that the case? In my opinion, um, 
it's it's a more mature band. You know, when when we got together for Engine, hadn't been a band in a really long time. Like, mm, yeah. they didn't know how to function really. They were just excited, and so you're scared. You know, the biggest thing I think with Engine probably is they were just scared about their own abilities, for the most part. Where this one, everyone felt more comfortable in their skin. I, you know, I was getting like really like fun messages, and there was never like any hardcore negativity, not on my end or anything. Like people were just like, "Wow, man, I'm just this is so cool. I can't believe we get to do this." And I think it was like, not to be corny, like a beacon of light for the band during this horrible year. Something to focus on, something to do. So I felt like there was a lot of like gratitude towards having like an end goal. Um, and it just kicked ass. Like the the music was awesome, and uh, Reese showed up with some legit ass lyrics. Yes, he did. In my opinion, and um, definitely, pretty much. I mean, it was opinion. It, it wasn't that it wasn't hard. We worked really hard on it. I mean, me and Scott mm-hmm. FaceTimed. I think we talk about this a lot. You know, we uh, we FaceTime for months every day. <laughs> you know, yeah, like all day. Half. Half of 2020 was FaceTiming Jeremy. <laughs> but what an incredible thing that we could and that I could send Scott, you know, a broadcast link and we could work on things. And everybody in the band was really open to any idea I had, which was cool. If I was just like, I don't know about that, you know, they'd be like, well, let's do something new. And they would do it and it'd be great. Or they would just stick to the original thing, you know. So it was a really yeah. good uh, experience. It should be horrible with that many band members. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sometimes it is. <laughs> Reese well, was horrible. Thank you. <laughs> on every possible level. It was awesome. No, Reese was amazing. He was, Reese was the first human I saw other than my family in all of COVID. So, like, and, really, like, seeing. And uh, if I remember sense. correctly, he pulled up in a, uh, in a Corvette and he said. Camaro. He thought, Camaro a Camaro. Camaro. Yeah, convertible Camaro, and he said, uh, "Hey, hi, Jeremy. I might have COVID. If I remember, no. if I'm remembering, this he, I was so excited. He was coughing blood, right? <laughs> well, I was so excited because I built my studio. Not many people have seen it. I'm like, ah, oh, Reese, this is great. Like, he can. I'm showing him around. He has no it's mask cool. on, and then he just goes, uh, I have this upper respiratory thing going on.'" Um, I'm waiting on my results. And I was like, what? I was like, you bastard. But it was fine. But I don't know, guys. Whatever. <laughs> whatever whatever the process was, I feel like uh, you can't argue with the results. So, no, I, uh, I mean, what have you guys been able to, like, check out much of the reception? How do you feel about how folks have responded to it? Like, is it being received in the way that you hoped it would? Who do you want to answer that first? I don't know where to check. Where do I check to see what people say? Have you heard the parlor. internet? <laughs> I don't do the socials. Parlor. Big on parlor. Five iron, huge on parlor. Man, the fact that like Brooklyn Vegan uh, mm-hmm. gave a great review and included you in their playlist, I mean, that's a big deal. Like, I feel like For it, real? Yeah. Is it? Yes. I, I, that's amazing. I feel so stupid, but I was just like... Oh, cool! That is a a niche that we have m- succeeded in. I'm looking Vegans it up right now. That's Brooklyn. amazing. 
I feel like its name betrays the fact that it's actually a pretty influential music publication. Okay. It is. Uh, it is. It, yeah. Really? So, I, I think people... Yes, it's important. Yeah. I people, hope they're not offended like, by me saying it really like that. But I was just like... <laughs> no, Brooklyn oh, Vegan and, and Pitchfork are kind of like... You know, they're... I, would, I wouldn't say they're necessarily the same, but I feel like they, they both carry weighty sort of... There's a weightiness to it. Cool. Holy crap, they reviewed it. This is incredible. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I haven't seen a ton of uh, full reviews, but I would say, I mean, just from, yeah, socials, Jeremy, which you're not seeing, I think people are, are very positive about it. Um, yep. so, yeah, they really just, like it. Yeah. What I the hell? What, this is rules. <laughs> <laughs> Recent Scott, have you seen much of that that chatter, and, and what have you thought about it? Yeah, Scott, yeah I mean, I, I've... Uh, kind of perused Facebook and Twitter and uh uh yeah like you said most of it's positive there are the uh the, the people who we knew full well would have issues with it <laughs> yeah and they're sure. they're vocal but overall um I couldn't be happier I mean uh I don't remember the feedback being this overwhelmingly positive with engine mm. even and it mm. could be the you know, everyone's kind of primed for, yeah, <laughs> for something like this, and so there's just seems like there's more chatter in general. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's been really encouraging. It's yeah, amazing. I f- I feel like um, I, g- I guess w- the first time there was good internet coverage was Engine. Our other albums, it was like, do you have a MySpace page? <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> So, just from what I've seen, it's miles above what Engine was. Just people losing their minds. There's maybe like one in every hundred people that are saying, hey, what's the deal with all the political songs? And then it seems like people just tear them a new ass. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's... that's it's, those, are the, those are the same people that would be like... Since when did Rage Against the Machine start writing political songs? You know, oh my that, God, all that stuff is insane. People that haven't <laughs> the, paid attention to the last 25 years. Um, and that's mostly the, your defenders, the Five Iron defenders, are going to be the first people to point that out. Be like, yeah, uh, look, look, guys. <laughs> uh, ev- their albums aren't every new day on repeat. So maybe you should uh, go back and kind of listen to some of those other songs. It's, but, it's cool. I, th- I feel like people have a good point in that they're saying it's not like a cookie cutter five iron album. There's no worship song. It's not like there's no funny song. There's no, uh, you know, we, we kind of have a, a mold that we tried to do even on the last album. And I think, some people are just averse to that. They're they're mm. upset that it's not the same. But most of the people I feel that have been upset about the political nature of it, they're somewhat forgiving, which is impressive. You know, I, I feel like the fans that love it, they lay into those people, but then they're pretty diplomatic about how they go about saying they don't like it. You yeah. know, and yeah, it's a it, it's very heartwarming. I mean, uh, yeah, there's not 
a silly song. There's not a battle dancing unicorns on the record or anything, but I, I can't imagine one of these songs being swapped out for like employee of the century, for example, speaking of battle dancing unicorns. Right. And, and I just, I also feel like this, a lot of the feedback that I'm seeing and a lot of the people, uh, one of the phrases that I'm seeing, I've seen it multiple times. is like, uh, like this is the album I really needed right now. Or this is, this is, I didn't know this was the album I needed, but I'm so glad that this, you know, this is, I think it's, I think it's, it speaks to a moment that that's a moment that is stretched over many years. And I think it's, there's a, there's a catharsis. There's a, a sense that, uh, we're not experiencing this. It, there's so much loneliness right now that it feels like, Oh, there's here is something that like is bringing everybody together. Like we we're sharing this, uh, moment in time together and and especially like the five iron community is so tight and supportive and and encouraging like i think it there's just something about this album that resonated so deeply and i think if the tone of the record would have been there would have been like a little bit of a whiplash going from like one of those songs into a silly song or employee of the century. I just don't feel like the tone of the majority of the album would have accommodated something like that. And, uh, I feel like the tracks that you, that are on the record serve the greater, uh, purpose of the record. And the, and it just feels, they all feel a piece of the record that they, none of the songs really feel out of place in the record. It feels like a whole, um, cool. That's a relief. Because yeah. yeah. truthfully, both Auld Anxiety and Homelessly Devoted were like intentional in like trying to bring some levity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so right. the danger in that is like you you know, it might actually sound gratuitous um in some way. And I'm I'm glad I, that that is your impression that it that it still fits. And that's just my, and that's just, and that's just me. You know, everybody, what somebody takes from a song is going to be different than what I take from a song. And, um, you know, and I think that's, that's the beauty of art. It doesn't need to be one thing, you know? Um, and, you know, Reese as, as the, as the lyricist, um, you know, uh, I know that you, have said um that you don't always like explaining lyrics so um first has that has that position changed really over time or uh do you have you if you ever see i'm I'm curious too if you ever see like a take on a song that's just so bad do you ever feel the need to chime in or do you kind of let just let people take what they want from a song yeah i i i have that kind of knee-jerk reaction where i want to be like oh no somebody <laughs> said something about renegades on the interwebs and they were saying you know it's uh 
What, what were they saying it was about? It was about just straight some, something. Maybe they confused it with bullfight. Like, it's about capitalism and how capitalism is bad. And I was like, yeah, but it's about how... <laughs> it's about how capitalism is making our kids get shot at schools. Right, yeah. You know, there's something else. I didn't say anything. Uh, there was about 15 other people that were like, no, it's about school shootings. <laughs> right. So that was great. Um, what I don't like about explaining songs and spoon-feeding them to people is... Um, for me, what, what I like about songs is that, uh, I, I, I like songs that I have an emotional connection with and uh-huh. it may be for something totally different than the lyricist intended, you know, that I draw that emotional connection and, and I don't want to ruin that for people. You know, yeah. if some, if somebody gets that from one of our songs, I don't want to take that away. Yeah, that. That kind of prompts me to ask a little bit about the process. I mean, last time you guys were on uh, together, you know, we kind of talked about how with Engine you were using placeholder lyrics on the demos um, and how this time around the lyrics came first. And I know it was a different process for different songs and it kind of involved you guys getting on the same page. But could you describe like that process of songwriting and the lyrics in, in, you know, order compared to the songwriting structure and how it was different this time around? Yeah. Um, we threw a lot of stuff at the wall just to see, see what would stick, I think on this. And, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> Scott has been very patient with me and, uh, <laughs> I, i I feel that we, we could have been done with this album five years ago. <laughs> without me being in the band. Um, <laughs> just, I, I don't know. For me, to to write lyrics, I have to have an emotional connection with the song. I have to, mm. like, um, I have to feel that the song is about something that just kind of punches me in the guts. And for that to happen, sometimes Scott would send me a demo and, and nothing, nothing would be triggered. And I'd mess around with it a while, write some lyrics. Scott was super cool at just trying different ways to, to get this done. So sometimes he'd, he'd be like, just send me some lyrics that you're not going to use. And I would, it'd be stuff I had written for like version four of Micah's song. And it would come out and end up being, um, a totally different song that Scott would write to these lyrics that we threw out or we weren't going to use. And lyrics that I, I was like, well, at the time I wrote this cause I was depressed and then it would come out and it would, you know, Scott would write this new song. It sounded very tough and we'd go with it for instance. Uh, so we sing, you know, that was, it was written to another song and then Scott paired it to that song and it was, badass it was really good so scott you want to chime in on this i think you covered it pretty well but um yeah it it did vary from song to song um if what reese sent back uh was something that i was excited about you know we we left it or maybe we left parts of it um renegades is a, a good example like uh there was some of 
yeah, like those lyrics were written for that song, um, but you know it needed some tweaking melodically, um, and so uh, I ended up actually writing like the the chorus progression was totally different um, in the first iteration. Um, so I ended up, you know, adding a new chorus to it and then uh, writing a different melody that, that I thought uh, made it more climactic. Um, so that's one example. Um, others, we basically kept what Reese came up with and still others, like he said, were uh, <clears throat> intended for one song, but after hearing them, I felt inspired to write something else to them. And so yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a much different uh, writing process than I've ever done for Five Iron or any other project I've been in. Um, and I, I think I've said it before, like I never would have guessed that I would enjoy it, uh, you know, have it starting with the lyrics and having to write around that. But it, it turned out to be a fun challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So for, it. oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go. I was just saying you killed it. Good job, Scott. He did kill it. Correct. I mean, I want to, Speaking of somebody who killed it, I want to talk about Dennis for a second. Yeah. Um, so, in for Engine Scott, uh, the a lot of the demos, uh, if I remember correctly, you pretty much had a majority of those songs kind of in place, like including a lot of the horns uh, for those songs. So I'm curious. Did, how much how much was that the case this time and um how much input did Dennis have in in a lot of the horn arrangements because not only do they sound unbelievable the arrangements and the and uh and just the mixing but uh lonesome for her heroes the trombone solo at the end of that is just incredible so uh, I want to. I'm just curious how, because I know that some of that was recorded in Jersey, right? At at Dennis's spot, is that right? A little bit of it, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, there wasn't too much. Um, I think part of the horn line for Tyrannus. Sorry, I still don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, <laughs> Tyrannus. And we gotta Tyr- ask John Wilkes Booth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Part of that one was recorded because uh, he, he flew out here for a week and we, we got most of his stuff recorded during that time. Um, but as we finished things, um, especially uh, things tend to change after we get a final version of the lyrics um, or the actual vocal recordings. Um, you know, we needed some other just um, kind of supplementary horn lines here and there so Tyrannus he recorded some of that at his house and some of I think the bridge of Wildcat uh, if I remember right so not not a whole lot but a little bit okay Uh, but to answer your question it it was similar this time I still had you know like original demos with a lot of keyboard um, horns written out okay okay but Dennis always improves them you know he's he's just Mm. he's a, a great horn player and he knows how to um you know, like make those articulations, I guess, um, just, you know, uh, sound as good as they can be. Um, Does, and the solo, the solo is incredible. Yeah. And yeah. the solo is a totally him. I mean, like, yeah. I, you know, like I wrote the, you know, the beginning horn line, like the main riff for the song, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, the, like he, he just <laughs> 
totally took it up, you know, like 10 notches with that solo. Yeah. There is like a a very particular horn sound on this record, though, that feels different from anything else you guys have done. I mean, I know that we talked about how you guys were kind of digging the vibe of someone else's problem from Engine and wanted to kind of play more in that sonic world, uh, which you certainly do on this record. But there's like a, a warmth to the horn sound from that kind of two-tone dub sound that really permeates the record. And I wondered if you guys could talk a little bit about how that was achieved. Obviously, Dennis's arrangements um, are a key part of how those songs work, but just the sound of the horns, like how did that work this time around compared to other times? Well, I almost, uh, I almost sabotaged it. <laughs> so, well, I don't know if sabotage is the right word. It was the horns are the only like major problem in the mixing process. Mm-hmm. Um, I would do a, a mix, and Scott would be like, "Yeah, you know, it sounds really great, except for the the horns. You made them sound like keyboards." Mm-hmm. And, and I would just be like, "I don't know what I'm doing." <laughs> And then um, finally Scott started, he actually mixed the horns and sent them over to me and I did a slight treatment. So what you're hearing is Scott's mix on the horns into my mix. Um, And it really helped because I I don't think I would have ever made him happy on any mix I did of the horns. And I don't know, I don't really know why. I don't know why I couldn't get it right because it was, he would tell me what he was doing and it was very simple. But then I would do it, and he would just be like, Ugh. "That's Sorry. not it." And I'd be like, "You do it," you know. <laughs> then we'd have a fight, and I'd you know run out and break something. But no, Scott can tell you why they sound good. Scott, <laughs> Scott, what did you do to the trumpet? Did you have a different mic? Yeah, I mean, actually, using a ribbon mic on the trumpet it was key. Um, mm. Ribbons in general are darker sounding. They just kind of tame a lot of the high end and the, the trumpet can get really brash sounding, mm-hmm. especially with a, you know, a condenser mic. Um, so we, we did a lot of experimenting with different horn co- or with different mic combinations on, um, all the horns. Um, and I think getting the trumpet right was, um, was definitely key, but then also, uh, just, finding the right balance between the three horns and, um, uh, I don't know, like I, I, I found a good combination of, uh, um, saturation plugins that I think like helped them fit in the mix with everything else. Um, that was, that was the, uh, I guess the secret sauce. Yeah. It, it, it pairs so well alongside the sort of, you know, sonic flourishes that like, you're exploring a little more with your production on, on some of those dub leaning songs. Like we talk a lot about how great those echoey keys sound and there's kind of, um, you know, organy sounding keys that come in and piano that comes in here and there. And just those little flourishes make it such a rich, uh, kind of like sonic tapestry and the horns fit in so nicely to that sound. So they really stand out. I wanted to ask specifically about adding in, the new horns on the ending of while supplies last, which is our shared favorite song from the record. But when we heard the new version, chef's kiss, (laughs) when we heard the new version with the horns at the end, we were like, that takes it just to the next level even more. So when did that, how did that happen? Uh, well, when Jeremy was mixing that song 
at some point he said, I really wish there were horns at the end of this. Mm. Good call, Jerry. So, <clears throat> so, uh, crushing it, Jerry. <laughs> no so deal. at that point, I, I, I mean, I spent a few days thinking about it. I came up with a line that I thought was cool. Um, meanwhile, I was actually in between. So my computer crashed in the middle of all of this, and um, I quickly got everything up and running on a on a backup uh, computer. Um, and I did, but I didn't have my usual keyboard horn VST um, set up, so I just recorded it with a synth and sent it out to the band. And nobody liked it. <laughs> <laughs> or I think I think what, uh, Sonny was the only person that said anything good. Er, everyone else was like, "Yeah, you know, whatever." But I, uh, I still, um, you know, asked the horns to record it anyway. And so I'm glad that that they did. Everyone likes it now that they hear it with horns. They just didn't like it right. with the synth. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it it probably didn't sound great. You know, it's like it's it's not supposed to sound like exactly like it, but like I just think that was the absolute right call. And I, you know, I said on the last ep that it felt like hearing that song again for the first time, and just that level of that on it was because the ending of Wild Supplies last hearing it the first time it was so unexpected, and then hearing the horns for the first time not being ex- not expecting that too was just like yeah. oh shit i didn't realize like how much this adds and just to these last like 20 seconds of the song i was just so i was so psyched yeah the the I, i'm going to weigh in on this the keyboard horns normally scott when you program them they sound decent you're very good at that it's hard to do but this sounded like it was like toot 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 and I was like, I don't think it needs more toots. <laughs> so you recorded it. If what you recorded was the national anthem of any country, I would move there. I would be like, this country is f- fucking at the top. No, I don't know what they're doing, but like, I want to be in that country. It's so good. It sounds so powerful. It's like some Navy warlord fight song. All of a sudden, you're just like, oh, that was pretty tough. And then the horns kick in, and you're just like, there goes my bowels. There they go. Right there. I was worried to death that you were going to hate it. And in fact, when uh, I didn't tell Reese that we were recording that, um, I just you know, kind of casually sent it out without comment to see, you know, if, you know, maybe, maybe it would go unnoticed or something. And the text I get from Reese is, uh, dude, the horns at the end of wild supplies last, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. So then that was the first text. And I I thought he was pissed. Right. right. Yeah. 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 This song that is kind of sacrosanct to him or (laughs) uh, like, I just, I just totally like screwed it up. But then, yeah, he quickly followed that up with uh, some compliments. So, I was yeah. I was relieved that everyone liked it. Yeah, oh man, I'm happy that it ended where it did. It's also the only song, Jeremy, that you have a songwriting credit on. Is that because of the horns, or why is that? I have a credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Do you remember when you fucking just pulled out that bass and you're like, "Hold on, I got to show Scott something," and then you just tore shit up 
in oh, the wait. studio. The bass at the end. I, I'm yeah. sorry. So you're the. No, that's Scott. I just changed the chord progression like two notes, right, Scott? It was the last chorus. So. Okay. Also, also responsible for taking it to the next level for sure. Uh huh. Definitely. No, it was one of those moments. As soon as you hear it, you're like, "Yep, that's better." Yeah. Yeah. Um, an all timer, hey. an all timer. Cool. I didn't. Uh, yeah, I, maybe I knew I was getting a credit. I don't know. <laughs> it's all a blur. Um, speaking of bass, I would like to talk a little bit about about that fuzzy bass action. Talking um, to the bass. Talking <laughs> slapping that fuzz bass. Slapping the big bass. time. Because um, you know we we've talked about this a bit, and I even like. <laughs> reached out to you to be like, how did you achieve this? So certainly feel free to, to, to talk more about it. But like that fuzz bass sound is just such a, 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 like that's what I think about when I think about this record first and foremost. And I love the sound immediately. How did you kind of decide, was it as simple as knowing that you kind of wanted to play more in that dub world that you decided that was the right sound? Or was it like a, a, a sound you wanted to explore more? How did you kind of... <laughs> Oh my God! Get some fireball. <laughs> Reese is pulling out the fireball. Things are insane. It Shock looks that it's taken this it, long. Why is it in a Mac Pro? <laughs> it looks it looks like a a, to- a Mac Tower uh, computer, <laughs> and you just open it up, and there is booze. Oh inside. man! I have uh, two bottles of uh, Reese's alcohol here. I have Fireball. And Canadian Miss. I never understand why he buys the worst crap to drink. <laughs> it did works. You, it's the did mix. You, did you create Ugh. that? He insists that Bar it helps him freeze. sing better. Yes, I did. That's incredible. <laughs> it's a genius. Back um, to the bass fuzz. I guess. Yeah, now back I'm to- so I just want to know everything about that. But uh, no, but yeah, Scott, can you like talk about that sound a little bit? Uh, yeah, I'm um, like... I guess on the first couple of demos, um, so sometimes I write uh, bass lines on uh, the keyboard um, mm-hmm. for similar reasons. I th- we may have talked about it before at some point, but I'm not a very good piano player, and it's disorienting enough to where I don't, uh, you know, have the muscle memory kind of um, causing me to fall into the same conventions that I normally do. So I like it for that reason. Um, and the first couple of demos I made, Renegades and I think So We Sing as well, um, I actually used a synth bass, and I really liked how it sounded. But for Five Iron, I didn't want, I still wanted it to have an organic feel and like it was a real bass being played. And so, but it did make me kind of experiment with trying to achieve some sounds that, you know, kind of sounded a little synthy in nature. Um, and uh, that's sort of what what started it and then it just it, it's fun to play um i think these songs have enough space uh you know some of them still have a lot of you know w- guitar wall kind of sounds but you know it's definitely mm-hmm. the the more ska um influenced ones have that space in the mid-range uh to allow for that without it just being lost can we can we yeah. talk ska for a second um, we can <laughs> because I mean, I, we we had talked this this past summer about, you know, we you were saying that this is going to be kind of like your most ska record that you've done in a while, and that got us really psyched. 
and that it was going to be more like somebody else's problem, someone else's problem, and, um, and more of that dubby uh, two-tone sound. Um, so, Scott, I remember that you were sort of, you know, you like to like to kind of switch things up, kind of like do something. You don't want to keep doing the same thing. What at what point did you decide like that you wanted to start messing around with that sound again? Like when did that? When did you? When was that kind of a a moment where you're like, oh, let's throw in some of these little you know uh, organy sounds. Let's get in some of these sort of ska guitars again and. Like, when did that happen for you? That was pretty early. Um, so, you know, the first round of songs that we did that, you know, we've talked about before um, that were intended for Five Iron and ended up being used for other projects mm-hmm. um, were still kind of more like engine, um, you know, more more power pop and rock. Uh, mm-hmm. But once once that, once they were repurposed and we kind of came back to working on five iron material, um, that's probably the point at which I became more interested in exploring those, those sounds. And it was after I wrote several of those that I, you know, and and I was getting kind of mixed feedback from the band. Some people were all about that and, um, you know, others mixed, missed kind of the more rock sounds. And, um, so I, you know, I'm always trying to to get everybody in the band excited about it. So that, that was the point at which I kind of transitioned to, to writing some, uh, some more, you know, kind of garagey punk rock ish sounding stuff. Um, so, you know, I want to, I know this, this seems kind of like an unfair question, so to speak, because playing live is, not really something that's on anybody's radar right now. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, like, do you have like set lists in your mind? I know that Andy tends to be the person who crafts the set list, but are, are you guys thinking about that already? Or or is it just too much to consider? Like, because it's not going to happen for a while and you're not going to have like maybe a proper album release show for a while is that is that just too uh much of a tease to even think about andy just sent me a set list yesterday <laughs> <laughs> that rules yeah. my dude ask him for that yeah. my dude <laughs> how many so uh, Andy. <laughs> how many songs from the new record were on it four okay okay yeah four seems to be the limit if you go over that you have too many people just standing there with their arms crossed. Yeah. That makes me well, sad because I want an only the last <laughs> yes. two records set list, but I understand. Yeah. yeah. You know, Reese, I'm curious because this uh, has one of the more sustained yelly Reese uh, segments in a five iron song um, since, you know, American Kryptonite. So I'm curious, like, uh, are you, is there gonna, are you gonna keep it to like maybe like one Yelly Reese song per show to like not, you know, yeah, imagine, imagine it's gotta be tough on the vocal cords if it's not, if that's not the kind of style that you're doing constantly. 
Yeah, normally, like, when we fit American Kryptonite into a set, I can't do the screaming or I can't sing for the rest of the show. Right. I mean, I, I want to, but I just can't. I'm, I'm mortal. American Kryptonite <laughs> is on Andy's set list, just so you know. Yes. It is? Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's right, list, <laughs> and it's right after While Supplies Last. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm not even brutal. kidding. That rules, brutal. though. <laughs> oh, man. It'll be great. So, you get the fireball, you're fine. We have, um, <laughs> we have a couple dilemmas with this new album. Um, I, I really tried consciously, because on, on um, Engine... Scott and I had several conversations on like, hey, Reese, what is your range? What do you like singing in? And it came out as just me being like, well, I, I can sing this high. And yes, probably on a good day with enough fireball and a good vocal warm up, I can sing that high again. Stop drinking mm. fireball. It's so, <laughs> uh, look, Jeremy, dude, I can, how dare you? I can Does it help myself. anything? And it tastes like shit. Cinnamon whiskey. Cancer as I'm drinking it. Oh, man. I mean, uh, it's like a fireball gone able, wrong. None of us have been able to get him to stop. You know, shame doesn't work. Nothing Because it works. I it hate doesn't. it. It Let doesn't me tell work. you that I hate it. And the only reason I'm drinking is because the only choice back there was tequila or fireball. Oof. And yeah. That is a... That is a real Sophie's choice of bad decisions. <laughs> right. So I chose Fireball just a little bit. I don't want to drink it. I drink it because it helps me sing well, for real. That's inaccurate. Uh, th- Jeremy, Jeremy and I have had this conversation about you. You've heard, hey, have you guys heard um, Until This Shakes Apart? Because it's powered by Fireball. <laughs> you know, Jeremy, uh... I, we, we, have, we have seen the chart. Um, yes. It's a chart. The, after after two fireballs, uh, you know the what, what? Who who is it? Who is it that two you two fireballs? Two fireballs, and then after that, uh, who is it that you compared him to, Scott? Uh, at, well, at which point, all the way to, to the bottom? Uh, yeah, yeah. Linda McCartney. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there is I don't know if it's widely available on the interwebs but uh there is like a somebody who hated Linda McCartney put her monitor mix out and you could it was just isolated and it's like what? her singing Hey Jude uh, and, and you playing can kind of hear the rest of the band yeah and it's like tambourine is off and she's like ah! just a lot of real bad notes she needed the fireball. She needed um, the fireball. Jeremy did play a, a clip for us of you <laughs> sort of mid-delivery going, I think I may have hit a wall on the on the fireball intake or something like that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's a point. It's pretty quick. I, I want something like it that doesn't make me inebriated. I think that's the problem. Uh, water. Yeah. <laughs> Honey and um, hot tea or something. I have tried no water. I've tried water at every show. I've tried all the teas. I've tried the mm. throat sprays. I've tried lozenges. Tried all the vocal warm ups. All the it's, sprays, lozenges. That's all, all bull crap. Just drink no. water. <laughs> no, I got blessed by the Pope. Um, all the things. It did not work. Yeah. Wait, I need to go back to this because I think this dilemma that we have of screaming in mm. these songs. 
plus we added a lot of keyboard. What we need to do is just get some some keyboard player to join our band who can also scream all the screamy parts. Mm. Who's named uh, Jeremy? Hey. Jeremy. I decline. <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> Smart man. Can you at least sleep on it? <laughs> I can't scream. Uh, someone out there can do this. There's I mean, someone. Somebody. There's someone. You kind of share the, the screaming uh, responsibilities with like Micah and others, don't you, for uh, American Kryptonite? Yeah, Brad. Yeah. Too. Yeah, yeah, Brad. Both, both those guys, they're assholes, though. <laughs> yeah. My, Micah, both, Micah yeah. famously a huge asshole. Huge yeah. asshole. <laughs> it's like they're trying to save their voice for something. I'm like, that's that's me. I'm doing that. Oh, I'm man. the singer. Look, please don't judge me on this, but like, I gotta sing the next song. Can you guys, who just whatever, you're back there dinking around with your your horns or whatever, scream? Can you just do that? Oh man, no. Well, I, we need I feel to like figure Dennis out some way rip. for. That's he does that. he does more than dink around with his horn, by the way. <laughs> uh, most, yeah. Mostly he avoids getting kicked by me. I feel so bad for Brad because most of his career in Five Iron Frenzy has just been dodging me acting like an idiot. <laughs> Accidentally <laughs> Van Damme kicking him in the face or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. We need to come up with some kind of solution to hear Well Supplies last live because that's yeah. that, that must happen. Um, is there a song? I mean, regardless, putting aside the, the vocal... Uh, you know, scenarios. Is there a song that you guys are most excited to play live? Scott? <laughs> you know, it's it's hard to say. Um, I would love to play any number of these songs, especially the ska ones. Uh, like, when we have tried to play someone else's problem, it didn't go over very well. Um, right. I'd be hopeful that this time around, maybe because there's enough of it, <laughs> yeah. but it doesn't feel yeah. so out of place in context right. of the set. Um, I, I would love to play Wild Supplies Last, Renegades. Um, yeah, those probably be my top two. Yeah, Renegades would be Agreed. my top. Okay. I yeah. think Werfano and... Mm. Um, in through the outdoor, and yeah. so we sing would also be fun, just because they seem like good, good crowd songs. Yeah, yeah. Into the outdoor. Yeah, and so we sing seem like obvious additions to the set. I would think. Um, yeah, but I do want to hear you guys play around in that dubby dubby world live. I I will. Uh, uh, while supplies last, unequivocally. I would travel to a Five Iron show just to see While Supplies Last. If that was your only song on your set list, I would be I would be satisfied. Last song of the um, tour, you you can blow your vocals out completely, and we'll travel to yeah. wherever you are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a song for for all three of you guys. Is there is there a song that you're proudest about how it came out on the record, or maybe like what you were most surprised by how it evolved? I'm not sure I remember all the songs. <laughs> sure. Fair. Perfect. I My think for me, not to be weird, because I know we keep talking about it, but 
on a rock mix level, Renegades is like one of my crowning achievements mm. sonically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sounds awesome. Which which was an accident. I just mixed it and that's how it ended up because that's the you know, that's how they recorded the song, you know. I did a little bit of stuff, but it just uh it just sounds like that. And sometimes you arrange songs that just end up feeling so crazy. And you work so hard on other songs to make them impact like that one does on the chorus and doesn't always happen. So that's my uh, that's my proudest rock mix in a long time. Uh, you you yeah. crushed it. it sounds good. Banger. I, I you know I did a a rough mix of well I mean I did a, I guess a rough mix of all of them but on that one I actually kind of tried to mix it as best I could um, and it sounded decent but then you know Jeremy mixed it and made mine sound terrible <laughs> he just has a way of making everything just have such impact. It's uh, yeah, man. It's it's something I wish I knew how to do. <laughs> I've been showing you everything I know. I mean, they're not going to hire me next record. It's for sure. It's Scott's going to do it all. Yeah, yeah. Put that finger down. <laughs> Whatever, dude. I mean, it's uh, okay. Uh, shut. Just shut the fuck <laughs> up, dude. Uh, so it's for me. Uh, I think Renegades and One Heart are. Maybe mm-hmm. my favorite. One heart for, is great. I love for, that song. Uh, mm-hmm. For like, um, yeah, just I think the production and mix and just it kind of hit on all cylinders on both of those. Um, those are pro- definitely two of my favorites. Um, While Supplies Last is probably the most interesting story and probably the most collaborative song we've ever done. Um, just a lot of lot of people putting in on that one so yeah a lot Scott. of people not listened to on that one on my part oh. i was just like no this is what it's about <laughs> yeah lyrically maybe not so much the collaboration not so much musically <laughs> definitely musically it is supreme mm. I, I, yeah <clears throat> so my my vote is while supplies last i i did not think it was going to make the album because of what it was about, and suddenly everybody in the band was behind it. Scott added those horns at the end. Mm-hmm. So good. Mm-hmm. It's it's the horns at the end <laughs> just make it for me. Yeah. Um, Renegades, I, I had... So speaking of drawing an emotional connection, this is like something I drew an emotional connection to. Like the first time I heard it, I was like, this... I'm writing about school shootings and Scott, you were just like, I don't like it. I don't like it. And finally, like it just started clicking. I mean, probably because my vocal melody sucked, but I, like I was adamant. We have to put the song out. This has to be what we have to say. This is important. Mm. It's important to our band. Um, You know, like, Micah's sister was at Columbine, and Scott, right. your son was in a school shooting. Our, Jesus, like, really? Yes. It is like, it, I, I, I want to be like, what are the chances? But they're pretty good because this is America and capitalism. You know, like what, what we keep just sacrificing kids, yep. you know, to, to our God of war. Yep, yep. And 
I am so glad that song came out the way it did. And, and more importantly, I'm, I'm so glad that people like it as much as they do because yeah. it's, it's heavy. Yeah. Mm. Also the bridge, I think the bridge makes it. And, you know, we, Scott and I had tried a couple different things, couldn't get it. Dennis took the words that I had written and he made it. He actually wrote the bridge and it mm. was just, we were like, ah, that's it. It's really, yeah. I mean, that, that kind of puts it over the edge to like the craft of the whole song. The bridge really yeah. makes it all come together in such a, in such a powerful way. Speaking of which I, you know, I think a lot of people have called out the same lyrics that we, that we talked about in, in our pod, but Reese, I really think these are the best lyrics you've ever written. And I don't, it's not just because they're so fiery and justice which I love, but I think just, in terms of poeticism, I mean, it's just the, the fact that yeah. like so many people have called out, you want your ledgers black. We want our children back. I mean, I got chills as I read it just now. It's just like such a powerful song lyrically and musically. So yeah, I don't know. I'm, I don't, it, it's no, every no time question, but yeah. Yeah. Every time that, that part comes uh, on, it's just like, it's you. I, I just, so many of the songs, I feel the weight every time. And, uh, and I think that's part of what connects people. I mean, Reese, you, you, you've talked about needing to feel an emotional connection to, to the song, to what you're writing, to the music. And that comes through so much. And I, people are really responding to this record because of, I think, just how raw and real and honest and authentic and vulnerable everything is. And, you know, I think that that says a lot about you as a band that you all co-signed this, all these songs, but like just the strength of you as a, as a songwriter. Here, here. You guys can fuck right off. (laughs) (laughs) Best response. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I mean, is there? It's not just that you're putting their, yourself out there in terms of um, political, but I mean, there are a couple of very personal, vulnerable songs on the record too. Is that something that you wrestled with, or was it just like this is where I'm at, this is where the band is at, and this is what's going to happen? Um, I don't know if I talked about this before. Did I talk about Where's Your Meets Fifteen? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, like back then in 1995, I, you know, Scott gives me a tape of Where Zero Meets 15, and I tried writing words to it about, you know, whatever. This is a goofy Scott song, or I tried to write exactly, I, w- I was in a creative writing co- uh, class, and one of our projects was just writing, overhearing people talking about things, and I was like, right. I want to make a song like that. So I did. I made that song, and I kept trying to make it into something about these people that I saw at the bus stop just getting saved or healing or the homeless guy goes home and he stops being crazy and goes to his wife or stops having flashbacks from Vietnam or whatever. Um, It was all fake, and the guys in the band just said, don't do that. That seems fake. And so I think at that point, I just realized that um, 
I don't know. I, I really feel that my my weakness is kind of just put out there on display, if I'm honest. And I feel like Christ is my strength in that. Mm. And so if I just throw out, just vomit straight honesty mm-hmm. as best as I can and maybe try and make it rhyme, that is what works for Five Iron. Yeah. Because it's not me, Did you know, and I, and I like that. Did you ever see the tweet that somebody said, what was the Five Iron song where Reese pays the homeless guy 13 cents to pee on him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that sounds like a that sounds like a Danny Leary uh, tweet. Um, no, but, but you know, I, I, I love that. You know, I I'm somebody that strives for absolute authenticity and vulnerability as as much as I can because that's how that's how I connect to people. Like that to me is like what. I feed off of in, in my relationships. And then it's also what I seek out in art is art that feels, uh, true, you know, uh, and, and by true, I don't necessarily mean that it's historical or, or real necessarily, but like the stories that can be told can be true regardless of their, of a, of their historicity, so to speak. But I, I just there's every song I just I'm just feeling on authenticity and honesty and raw and raw emotion and I I think that's also why songs like uh Renegades are I don't how many people I've talked to and have seen like talk about like weeping at the end of that song and I think you got to think that a lot of the Five Iron fans now are at an age where they have kids uh <laughs> they have kids that are you know th- that age that are in school and maybe when they were maybe back in 1995 96 maybe that would have felt a little different but now you know thinking about sacrificing uh their kids at the altar of the NRA, the golden calf of the of the AR fifteen, you know, it, it, it hits differently. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I don't even have kids, but like it's still like I have a heart. <laughs> I weep for people who experience that shit. Yeah. Nobody wants kids to die. <laughs> right. That's that that is the thing. I mean, maybe a few people. Uh, they're they're probably not listening to your podcast, but yeah. yeah, I mean it's 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 huge. I wanted to say also while we're on the subject of being honest, that Wildcat, the person that I talk about, is totally made up. Mm-hmm. So I went against I went against that rule of mine, but I the the song is about middle age. Mm. It's about coming into middle age and just getting kind of painting yourself into a corner. Hmm. And so in that way, I felt like metaphorically, this is true. This is what I'm trying to say in this metaphor. Yeah. Is, hmm. this yeah. Is, yeah. That's, this and is that's me. the thing. Like that, that can still be true while not being an actual person. Right. 
Yeah, I, yeah, that was something that I wondered was like, I think I caught the metaphor, but I wondered if it was like inspired by a particular story you heard. But I feel like I, I saw you say that it was like trying to think of somebody who is beyond like redemption, but then that the story is like none of us are beyond redemption, even kind of the person who's facing the circumstances that the character in the song is, that kind of thing. Yeah. I think metaphorically, I just wanted to think of the the most loathsome person I could think of, which is just somebody that is like drilling for oil, fracking to to make money, and he poisons a town's water. You know, not not at all caring. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, I did want to get your thoughts uh reese on you know we've talked about renegades a lot and we've talked about listener uh, and fan feedback um and people can't help but uh see a little bit of a parallel between uh, January 6th at the Capitol and, and some of the words in the chorus of Renegades. Um, and there, there's, I've seen some terrible takes on that, on that song yeah. and, and some of the false equivalencies that a lot of people are making. But um, did, did that day, did, did, have you <laughs> thought about that song differently or is that, is that did that strike you as sort of a, uh, a, a coincidence or how do you how are you thinking about that song right now in, in in light of what has gone down? Yeah, so it it so January sixth happened before the you know well before the album came out not well before about a week <laughs> you know so we were like uh, should we not do this we actually had this conversation is this gonna is this gonna come back as bad because it talks about like we'll be tearing down your barricades storming your palisades yeah um i don't know i mean if somebody is drawing like some parallel between that and us saying it's okay to storm the capital to get to make sure that Trump is still your president. And fuck you. <laughs> yeah, serious. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's... I mean, <laughs> however, when we wrote the song, it was like, also, this, this needs to happen. Kids are being killed in the name of, uh, in, in the name of commerce, you know, in the name of, of, gun manufacturers and ammo manufacturers making money. That is entirely what is happening. The reason that the NRA exists is because gun companies make money every time Mm -hmm. a school shooting happens. They make billions of dollars um, selling ammo and guns. And if, if there was a reason to storm the U.S. Capitol, I would think it would be to save kids, not because this fucking orange person needs to be president for another four years. God bless him. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean. Yeah. 
we we talked about the, the stuff Cheeto. We, <laughs> the che- you, you went there. The orange uh, buffoon. Flor- I'm colorblind. Um, you guys, you guys. He's 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 Florida man now. Florida man. He's Florida man. Florida We're moving. Man. We're moving. We're leaving Florida. Guys- Come on up here, Jeremy. It's re- it's real nice, and I don't have any friends. It's probably going to be Georgia. <laughs> don't go to Georgia. I have family there and a mountain house. Okay. Okay. Never mind. Um. Sorry, did you guys see that the uh, that the last song he played before he got on Marine One was the YMCA? Um, Actually, cool. oh, oh yeah, <laughs> that was what? That's what he chose hey, to he leave s- us he with. He said, he said, check uh, this out. Have a good life. He said, have a good life, and then he walked up to YMCA. Check this out, <laughs> the, though. A real <laughs> human person did that. His plane. Took off while My Way by Sinatra was playing. Did you guys know that Sinatra hates him? Have you ever heard the story about Atlantic City? No. no tell us. <laughs> like while while Frank Sinatra was alive? Yes. Yeah, so in hates the 80s. He hates Trump, him beyond the grave. That's how powerful it was. <laughs> right. He does. And I think it was the 80s. Trump or maybe it had to have been the 80s, early 80s. Trump Casino booked. Sinatra and Sammy Davis and Trump called the booking agent and said, we don't want Sammy Davis. He's black. Cool guy. And Sinatra called him and goes, let me get Trump on the phone. And he gets him on the phone and he goes, go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And he refused Uh, to play and they had this huge dispute. And so it's just so like horribly ironic that he would take Sinatra's song who hated it. Also the village people... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like a gay I anthem. I don't understand. It is like a gay anthem. Like, why not? It's amazing. But, but it's not perfect. even just that. Not even just that. Rudy, at the on the sixth, walked up to give his speech. You know, pre capital insurrection to Macho Man. What <laughs> is the? <laughs> I don't understand what these people. They're like caricatures of themselves. <sighs> it's just because we've we've uh, we've got them all wrong, you know. It's that fake that's news we've been watching. Uh, oh, that's, that's right. That's, that's true. true. Good point. Um, I'm convinced. You know, speaking of of great songs, um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys. This is my transition. What are your um, thoughts about YMCA? Yeah how how many of the Village People songs influenced you on this record? Um, <laughs> When what did were you, you first hear of the Village People? <laughs> village Village Podpole. Our new season is coming soon. That's true. Um, what uh, was there? What music were you guys listening to at the time of songwriting and production of this record that you think might have influenced the sound, or or was there a sound that you were aiming for that you wanted to listen to some albums to kind of replicate that? Like, what were what were some of the songs you were hearing as you were working on this record? Uh, Production-wise, like, is there something production-wise that you were seeking to kind of emulate? You know, I can't really remember. Um, some of these songs are four or five years old now. Um, sure. I know more recently, uh, actually, I know there have been some comparisons to Rage Against the Machine, obviously, yeah. the, the mm-hmm. political leanings, but... Um, so my son has gotten super into Rage Against the Machine over the last couple of years, cool. <laughs> and I, you know I liked them fine uh, in the '90s. Um, they were never one of my favorites, but I think 
they suffered, at least in my view, just because of all the other uh, rap rock that was happening that was not nearly as good. Sure. Um, <laughs> but, I, yeah. I mean, that you can say that of any genre, right? Um, Don't lie, Scott. You, we know you're a big biscuit head. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah! The truth is... Come out. on! Um, <laughs> I'm feeling those lightest. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I thought the, the production on those records was really cool. I always liked Tom Morello's guitar tone, all that stuff. Yeah. But I just, it, they were never a favorite. And it's really been in the last couple of years that I've uh, ha- ha- kind of gotten a newfound appreciation for them. And I, th- I feel like their songs have actually aged really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Especially uh, those first two records. I, honestly, I, uh, Evil Empire is my favorite. Or sorry, uh, um, Battle of Los Angeles is my Battle favorite. Battle of Los Angeles, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but they're all great. Every single one of them are, are, are great, I think. Um, and uh, so, Renegades, actually, w- the chorus w- did not hit so hard. Um, the riff was, was there already, but I, that very well could have been kind of what made me want to, you know, lean into that chorus a little bit more with the, just the kind of wall of, of guitars. Um, yeah. And it is very a very Tom Morello sounding chorus. Yeah, the like um, da 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 yep. da da that feels very ragey. Totally. I There's wasn't really th- thinking about it <laughs> consciously, but that probably was was working its way through my subconscious. <laughs> well, I think I think we you know from now on just gotta we gotta refer to Reese as. Uh, Zach De La Roper. I feel like that. I feel like that works. <laughs> That's you know, you good. Just gotta... I like that. <laughs> I mean, you, you come closer to rapping this time around than you have in a while. <laughs> Some of those fast rhymes. It's true. Um, I, yeah, there... I can't. I can't. <laughs> Please don't do this. <laughs> there are, yeah, there there are a couple of, of guitar soloy moments on the record that definitely remind me of that of that Tom Morello kind of slidey vibe um yeah i don't know jeremy was there anything for you that you were uh thinking about as you were working on the record in terms of production or hmm. you're just kind of following what the band was doing i mean they give me an uh, an open gate to do what i want i feel yeah. like i don't think we referenced anything scott did we uh no, I don't think we? so. I mean, there were a couple of things when we were still working out the horns um, that were horn-specific yeah. that we were trying sure. to to go for, but not That's like true. anything that was a general vibe or sound for the sure. entire band. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, I don't know. I've mixed so much that I, I, I don't think I'm ever really getting inspired. You just have to take you know, what the music is and do what's best for the music. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so that makes sense. You know, we talked about how you how you guys are coming in with more with more songs than would fit on a record. I know there are probably only a couple that ultimately were recorded that didn't make the cut, right? But do you is there are there any plans of an EP eventually? Uh, employee of the century should never see the light of day. <laughs> Scott, what the fuck, uh, dude? <laughs> Um, I don't think it's like that bad. Seven inch what or something. Like it's, about it's it? that bad. Um, <laughs> what, the others, what is it about it? When They Find Let's You is good. When it. They Find You actually was Scott. Um, probably going to make the record, and then uh, Wildcat ended up um, 
kind of inching inching it out. But uh, yeah, employee of the century. Scott, fuck that song. <laughs> people like funny songs. What don't you like? The melody or the lyrics? Uh, all of the above. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Do you like the music? It's okay. I mean, not really. Can we? F- come on. Let's just give it out for free to the children. <laughs> I don't even remember it. I, I mean, the it's way the way I just the way I described it was. Oh, uh, it. oh I got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I the way I described it was I said it feels like it, uh, Exile on Main Street meets Kiss, and not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds kind of cool. <laughs> what? That's fair. right. It sounds. It good. sounds. It. It. I just think, like, within the tone of the record, it just like, I was trying to find a place to, where it made sense and like. <laughs> Sorry, it was racist. Yeah, well, Here's Fire what the Boston. EP should be. Actually, it could be another LP. I mean, Jeremy has probably a good forty-five minutes of Reese outtakes, and it should just be nothing nice. but that. Can we talk about the outtakes though? What they are? It's just me swearing. Yeah, <laughs> it's just. But it's after. It's way. I would take a bad day. It's infinitely like, funnier than Employee of the Century. <laughs> me causing my mother to go to an early grave. That is what that is. Oh, <laughs> uh, someday we'll hear all that uh, somehow. I'll send it over to you guys. You need to hear it. <laughs> you should hear it. I don't okay. know. We could we could probably do some alternate versions of some songs along with uh, "When They Find You," and that's also the song that Mike Herrera sang on. So we got to figure out what we're uh, doing with that. Right on. How about we just make another album? Hey, I like that, that idea too. Yeah. Um, if you don't like "Employee of the Century," you just we'll put it out. Just give it away for free. Just do. I don't know. We should bury it. We should light <laughs> it on fire. Oh man! Can I um? You know, we someone someone had a suggestion, Reese, of uh, just uh, releasing in in its entirety like a vinyl of of all of the voicemails you 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 left for the pod explaining why so far from home it's a terrible album. And I, I don't know. I don't remember that. <laughs> that was that was Greg Tant. That was somebody else. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I'm sorry. That was Greg Taint. My my uh my bad. That's uh yeah. That's gonna be a Greg rare uh, Jason Hockney's I'm it. It's gonna hook us up with a rare limited pressing of those. Um, is, that, it, is Greg Taint a guy that calls into your show sometimes? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. He's that's cool. He seems he seems like he like seems a good like guy. A, seems like a good guy. Got his head on straight. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, I'm gonna chalk that answer up to the the band is still deciding. Um, <laughs> Do you uh okay, another controversial line of questions. How'd that how'd that prime number plan work out? Uh well, there's thirteen uh, songs on the album. There's thirteen songs. While supplies right. last is on an even number. They, I don't know. Yeah, but they they somehow let in my crazy crazy neuroses about prime numbers. They let it in. They were just like, Okay, Reese will shut up if we put thirteen songs or eleven on the album. But I wasn't there something with singles being You're saying put on. the hits on the prime numbers, too. <clears throat> but, yeah, yeah, we didn't write any of those, so. <laughs> also, um, no, pr- no problem there. 
I mean, yeah, I remember you saying, Scott, like you feel like 10 songs maybe is kind of like the perfect amount. But I I don't know. Prime number driven or not, like this 13 song collection feels perfect. Like I'm, I'm glad that none of them are cut. Um, okay. Answer on the prime numbers. What about, you know, speaking of uh, Jason, our producer at Unoriginal Vinyl, uh, he was behind the artwork for the record, mm-hmm. um, which is dope. And I wondered if you could talk. He he, he kind of let us in along the way as he was working on it. But could you guys talk a little bit about how the conversation around deciding on artwork for the record went and, and how you feel about it? This is a lot of drama. <laughs> oh, I'm talking about it? So I, I, I wanted to get the ball rolling. I was like, hey – Let's make it be this picture or some picture similar. Did I throw out any other ones? And I just was like, it would be cool if it just says this until this shakes apart. Scratchy hash marks. Yeah. Um, and s- there was so much pushback from the band. Mm. As with all these political lyrics, I right. think there was like, there's a few people in our band, they just push they're just like can't you write about happy stuff again what about dandelions and you're like come on dude right now it's not dandelions time (laughs) yeah no so it is not so it was time for this album cover and and uh finally everybody's like yes i like this uh we we wrote uh the the Reuters who had the rights to it and just said, hey, how do we buy this? It's very cool. The the guy that took the picture, he's black. I was like, this is sweet. This dude was he he was in Minneapolis. He he saw this thing burning. We want to support this. Let's use this picture. We paid for it. Got it on the album. Everybody finally agreed. Um I don't know what else to say. It was a lot of a lot of just like I don't want this, I don't want this, and finally, majority ruled because we're a, a democracy. Not in the United States, but in Five Iron Frenzy. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, going forward in the United States, from you know, there may have been weird. some storming of barricades in the process. Mm. Yeah. yeah, but we got it. I remember when he showed us some of showed us that stuff. I was like kind of saying, I wonder if everybody's going to be cool with this. Um, yeah. But I'm really glad. I mean, it it certainly captures this moment and the album being in dialogue with this moment in such a, I don't know, like explicit way. Like it just ties it to what we're dealing with and it feels like a real statement. So I, I think it's yeah. really cool. Not only that, no. but the imagery of, of fire and you know, just like in nature, stuff burns, and then from that, there's growth that comes from the ashes, and the and things are reborn out of that. And so, I, I like that symbolism in the in the artwork as well. I think another thing that is symbolic too is that we've we've kind of stuck with Douglas to Naples for so many album covers, and yeah, he's. He's a good guy. We love him. He he makes good art and good comics. But he has 
like on his social media, taking this completely yeah turn against people that we care about, you know, yeah. against uh, trans people and LGBTQ people and and people that are our friends and people that we love, and I, I we just couldn't get on board with that, so we consciously made a decision. We were like. All of us just, you know, Black Lives Matter. We need, we, need, uh, we need a person of color to be involved in this. And so yeah, um, that was important for us to make that picture be on the cover. Yeah. 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 It certainly feels distinct among, among the Five Iron covers in our um, I mean, did you see uh, – I, I, Jeremy, since you're not on social media, I'm assuming you didn't see this, but Scott and Reese, did you see the uh, the fan art of the guy who did the um, like the five iron robot shaking the church? Did you see that? Yeah, I did. That was cool. Yeah, oh, it's so I, I'm like that sort of thing, like <laughs> sort of like taking that that Doug style and sort of turning it on its head like in the in a way that you know something that he probably wouldn't feel comfortable depicting or doing but um I I I think it's cool that you you all took a principled stand on that yeah and I think it's cool that like uh you have dandelions and columbine flowers in the artwork. I think that too is mm. just an additional little fun Easter egg for the, you know, shouts to uh, your uh, state flower and and old song. I think that's neat. I like it. Agreed. Thanks. Um, you can't, so you can't hear me nodding. I guess. Huh? <laughs> yes. Go <laughs> sign. Podcasts. Yeah, we're we're not a visual medium. <laughs> Um, speaking of visual I'll, mediums, I'll, what I'll do, what I'll do, Scott, going forward is uh, in the edit, I'll narrate. I'll be like, Scott is nodding at this moment. <laughs> Sounds very Scott, soothing. Scott is smiling in response. Just do to do like tones at the beginning of it. Be like a t- this tone, this bell represents a nod. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have Can to have one it? for my eyebrow going up. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Um, we can use your flute, flip. your flute tones for that, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. I'll send some uh, please, over. Yeah. Please do. Okay. Uh, uh, the podcast you know, continues I, on side B. I expected <laughs> far more flute fluting. Is that the, how you say it? <laughs> Flouting. Well, the conversation Flouting, got maybe? way too serious, so I just. <laughs> well, exactly. I couldn't mess this up. <laughs> um, Jeremy is pressing his flute to his lips. Um, okay, there we go. <laughs> Scott is doing the dove hand sound whistle. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, so EP, maybe not. Uh, music videos, question mark? Any of those this time around? There's been talk. Uh, yeah. No Scott action. hates music videos. Let's just put that right out. So if I don't have to be in it, then I don't care. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, I kind of figured it'd have to be either like, <laughs> uh, like a Zoom thing, um, you know, like you did uh, recently, or 
so, yeah, just something completely sort of like driven by a, a director or whatever that doesn't involve you guys. Now, a- you Andy just... threw out an idea for an animated one that would be cool. Ooh, that's um, cool. But whether or not that will actually come to fruition or not. You should all just like uh, cast your kids as members of the band and have them play the instruments and like have them, kind of a great have idea. them be I like that. Have them be that's the band. That's pretty cool. I like that. I, I think if we, if we did homelessly devoted to you that would be a very good video mm. just our kids playing and and then if we could get krs1 to be in the video <laughs> mm. there you go yeah. yeah yeah just in the back seat just like use i mean me that'd be a good use up. of some of the of the kickstarter money just to get just that get that krs1 uh you know just show show up give the thumbs up is he still doing stuff these days? I wonder what he's up to. Yeah, he's yeah, a no, he's he tried, playing shows. He right, tried right to start on. his own. He tried to start his own religion. All right, cool. <laughs> I joined. Um, he quit. He quit being on Jive because he was like Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears are on this label. I'm done. Like he made that label, and then he was mm. like, "I'm out." Wow. He's he's so cool. He is cool. <laughs> you guys should listen to KRS One. <laughs> so cool. I feel like we That's need to ask the, uh, a, a mixing question because uh, Jeremy's looking pretty bored. Jeremy, is that the would... is that the three a.m. guy? It's three a.m. Three a.m. Remember that eternal? No, no. He's like that's the sound of the police. Whoop whoop. See, that's I don't the know sound KRS of Who was I singing? Dude, wow, what was that? Get I think on KRS One. I think three a.m. might Matchbox also be KRS One. <laughs> Wasn't he a guest? Let me look. I have to look. K-R- Please listen to KRS-One. Boogie Down Productions, Scott LaRock. You, uh, Andrew, you mentioned Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, one thing we were curious about was how this Kickstarter process was different from last time. Um, what, what did it allow you to do? Were you surprised that it... Uh, surpassed last time even like talk about I that mean, a little yeah, bit yeah other than other than just like absolutely crushing it even faster than last time yeah i was shocked i thought but what did we ask for was it 60 was that the goal did we crush it faster i don't think we did yeah no we? it was like it was faster or something yeah yeah i think so it was 60 stupid. scott i uh I, I knew that we needed to raise more than we had asked for last time just because we kind of underestimated the cost of fulfillment and manufacturing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I understood why we asked for more, but I also was nervous that, you know, maybe we would just make it. I mean, I, I thought we probably over the course of the 30 days would, would make our goal, but maybe just make our goal. Um, certainly, I did not expect to to meet that in yeah 30 minutes or whatever it was was it minutes bring in that uh bring in that cool quarter mill more than that even let's not talk about it in terms of millions (laughs) 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 most people are like those guys have a lot a lot of dollars look my liquor cabinet has to be in this old (laughs) mac pro It's a 2007, which, as you know, as a Mac enthusiast, they cannot be upgraded anymore. So, 
You actually that is can. What that's good for. Jeremy, why didn't you tell Jeremy. me that before I gutted that thing? Well, it's it's hard to do, but you can actually do it. But don't worry about it. He, uh, it, it was it's been repurposed. Yeah, I think starting a, a roper a roper line of of you know disguised liquor cabinets. Um, <laughs> I like it. Is there? Are there things that that this amount will allow you to do as a band um, once things like shows are back on the table? I think last time we said, hey, if we ever get above 30,000, we'll, we'll do a tour. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we were like, how do we play shows again? Right. That was great. A great problem. We figured that out. This time we didn't have to do that. You know, like we know we can play shows. Um, all those videos that we made, right. all we made four. That's more we more than mm-hmm. we've made for any album, and probably two too many. <laughs> three, um, three too many. Scott, come on. People like content. Um, it was great. People like content. Look at uh, what whatever video that is. It's got two hundred thousand views. That doesn't mean it's good. That's right. <laughs> Which one? The hanger one? The only good the one hanger? was the was Zen, if you ask me. I mean Zen is good. I think they're Zen all good, is, but Zen is the best. Zen's, I, is Zen's classic. You gotta get you gotta have machine gun Jesus. That's 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 if there's anything that I mean Scott, I mean that on its own, you know, if is is indication that like music videos are are, are a necessary thing. Featuring Scott as our Lord and Savior, <laughs> shooting everyone. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Um, so we, all those videos, they were paid for by the shows that were played in those videos. So mm. the there's like uh, the uh, Into Your Veins and then Battle Dancing Unicorns. Battle Dancing Unicorns paid for both of those videos. And then... Um, the Zen and then uh, so, far. so far, so far paid for it. Um, that being said, it was not fun for anyone. Like, I mean, fun. Like you're like, this will probably look fun, and I'm I'm dressing like a guy with a three quarter hat doing this with a gun. <laughs> like that was fun, but it's hard. And but it paid for itself. So we may make videos. Someday when we can breathe on each other again. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the answer to this is so weird in this moment. Um, hey, yeah. we're getting closer, guys. We're getting closer. It's true. Yeah, my my favorite part is uh, the Biden administration said that. I know this will shock you, but they came in and uh, the Trump administration had no COVID plan. No plan whatsoever. What? <laughs> oh my God. To no what one's a surprise. Serious? What a surprise! Uh, you guys didn't he's know like, that. I'm, he's like, I'm rolling out a hundred million vaccines, second day, just signing that. We have it. You can get it. Right. Gosh dang it! Yeah. We've it's, been uh, uh, the Florida system is so rough that we've been uh, collecting seniors' names and addresses and doing all that stuff and. When we hear about it coming up online, because the website for it, it's like buying concert tickets. Yeah, right. Like it's you have six minutes once you're in the portal 
mm. to fill out this information. Um, uh, but we, we've been just taking down names and getting people tickets every time they're available, which isn't that often. You're helping seniors in your uh, area. Uh, yes. You're a freaking saint. <laughs> Uh-oh. Jeremy is now brandishing a knife. <laughs> I don't even know why this is in here. <laughs> oh, I have another one, too. Huh. A lot of cool stuff in there. No, there is. There is lots of stuff. Uh, how, how do we get back on track here? What? Yeah. What? Uh, what haven't we talked about about this album that you guys want to talk about? Yeah. What do you? Uh, what do I you, got. A, I got a tattoo gun set, and I was ready to make that be somebody's Kickstarter. Ooh. Reese, I Kickstarter I, prize. I will. Uh, I think I. I think I told you that. I mean, I would do that. I would do that uh, unequivocally. Yeah, absolutely. I'm ready. I just got to practice uh, a, on a couple people. Can you uh, can you do those? Uh, can you do the the scratchy hashies? I was gonna say. Yeah. That way you Scratch. don't need much practice. It's gonna be real scratchy. I'll get I'll get them scratchy hashies. That's I love that new logo, bro. I'm into it. Who's whose design was that? Whose idea? That was Let's Reese. Talk about it. Was it well done? Wasn't the scratchy one on engine too? No. This no. This was original no. for this one. Okay. Original. It rules. We love it. We're we keep tra- changing up our logo, uh, unlike good companies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's brand 16. recognition. Fuck that. Who cares? <laughs> We're like whatever. It's five seconds of summer, but we mess it up. <laughs> we 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 did talk last time we had you and Jeremy about the drum sound. Um, that Andy that you achieved with Andy on engine sounding better than any, any five iron drum sound had before and kind of like what went into that process. But I mean, Scott, you were producing this time around, but like one again, it is uh, awesome. John, I mean, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're kind of glitching out again. Uh, just talk about how the drums sound good for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, the drums were good. the, th- the thing I was most uh, nervous about, um, mm. least confident about, I guess, um, recording, and I definitely picked Jeremy's brain a lot uh, when we were getting things set up. I even, when on one of our many FaceTime chats, uh, you know, like I was kind of showing him around uh, our living room, which has pretty high ceilings, um, and just kind of getting his feedback about where the best place would be to set up and, you know, always asking about uh you know mic selection and placement and all that so um yeah it it, i think it turned out great um but i definitely was not super confident going into it uh, because no especially knowing how um meticulous jeremy is about drum recording uh in you know in particular uh but it turned out all right i think they did great Uh, i think it sounds awesome um, I think it sounds more than all right. Doesn't doesn't hurt that Andy is awesome and just plays the shit out of his drums. Right. Yes, he does. Andy is so good, and he did a halftime shuffle on this record, and that's all that matters. And uh, do you did that not affect anyone but me, or what's the deal? Everyone's we may have at me. called that out, affected. but when? Yeah, talk about when that happens. Um, 
What song was it? Wild Supplies Last. Yeah, that's right. Wild Supplies mm. Last. We might have called that out when we talked about it. Um, yeah, the, uh, it's kind of a it, variation of the Purdy shuffle. It's just very hard to do, and he incorporated it into a uh, ska song. So um, he's very he's the best. good. He's very good and very funny. <laughs> you know, that's the thing about that's the thing about Andy. You know, I was talking about on the one of our last steps just some drum part that I liked and and I'm like I don't know if this is like a simple little thing that he does or it's complicated like whatever he does he makes everything sound easy and great because he's just he just crushes everything that he does so uh I'm I'm so very unfamiliar with drum terminology uh which is why all of our drum sound effects that we make are it's just so it's like I don't I don't know any terminology or anything. I barely know any any other any drum terms. So, but I do know that he uh, he's sponsored by uh, Badger, uh, or at least he, that's that's his kit, and it and it sounds it sounds awesome. Yes. Um, I think the main of- key with Andy though, real quick, is that to me, other than vocals drums are under the the biggest microscope and they're the hardest thing to get right period mm. like i'm a pretty good fake on most instruments i'm, for, I'm serious like i can like kind of make it all happen but drums you can't suck it's like you can edit a lot and you can work miracles but to have any kind of swagger or to sound remotely special you have to actually be good so andy's really good there said it yeah if the drums <laughs> suck the band sucks yeah. If the snare sounds like crap, you're screwed. Yeah. yeah. 311 snare. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. I was going to say, I was going to say. That what, is that what sucks about 311? <laughs> I think so. Because I would, uh, that was it. Fine. I, I, I wasn't going to say anything else. That was if it. If the snare sounded you normal, you'd be like, me in on that. it's okay. Yeah, I'd be like, man, this band is really good. You wouldn't say I that, love, but you would be like, this is this is fine. Lyrics. This is fine. That's what you would say. This is fine. But when that snare love, comes in, you know. Yeah, I would love Creed if not for that fucking snare. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is, can redeem that. So hey, I want one other thing I want to say about Andy. Like, uh, yeah. what I love about him is uh, his dedication to his craft. Like he practices all the time. Like he currently he's doing a I think a hundred days of drums or something where he plays an hour a day, oh, so damn. not any no one else in the band can say that, um, <laughs> including it's myself. really cool. Like he he loves doing that. He loves the minutia of of playing drums, um, but at the same time that hasn't turned him into like a you know Thomas Lang super techno. He like loses touch with what is actually cool. I know Thomas. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. To, I mean, he's amazing technically. You know what I'm talking about, though, right? Like, I was being I funny. I do know yeah, him, yeah. though. I, I don't. Nobody like very few people want to listen to that. Um, right. know, he still knows. He is uh, a musical drummer. He's yeah. He's got a, a good balance of the technical part of it and just playing for the song. That's that's a perfect way, perfect way to say it. He's the best, and and the drums on this record rule. Sounds any great. other questions about the mix? Uh, <laughs> you, you guys need anything else from me, or do you want to go back into capitalism? <laughs> I think we're winding down here. 
No, um, let's keep it going. Let's go another 128 minutes. Let's do it. <laughs> we could. Uh, we have a lot of YouTube videos to play for you guys. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm probably going to break up in here as I apparently have been, but um, I don't know. We're, we love this band and we love this record. And it's so cool that we uh, have been able to talk about it in this uh, last year of, of doing the pod about it, um, getting to know you guys. So I don't know. I, I don't have any other questions except to say I'm, I'm like proud of you guys. <laughs> I love this album and I, I think it's um, been such a cool year and uh, congrats. Yeah. That's all I yeah. have. Very grateful for you guys. Awesome. Um, I will echo the, the that sentiment of, um, proud of what you have accomplished and put out and um jeremy and 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 scott you guys uh you know i didn't uh, you have surpassed my expectations like uh, you know how awesome i think engine sounds this this record you guys um surpassed that so uh amazing record amazing lyrics everybody brought it um, not a single dead weight song on the record. Wall to wall bangers. Um, thank you for all the time that you've given to us over this past year. Um, thankful for you guys. Hey, congrats on the podcast. Like, I, yep. it's weird. Five Iron is actually one of those bands that people talk to me about a lot. You know, I, I've done a lot of records and I don't hear much about them. But hmm. Five Iron is like. Uh, is one of the few bands that people be like, Hey man, did you do that, man? Did you do that album? That's exactly how they talk. But people hit me up about the podcast the too. Uh, where Mark like, Solomon, hey, his name was Mark Solomon. Rufus Wainwright. Do you guys know Rufus? Like, yeah. Rufus is nice and all. He's kind of good at piano, but <laughs> we're going to bring in a ghost piano player. But no, like I've been hearing a lot about the podcast. So hats off to you guys too from, uh, keep getting this thing going and have me on here and sit here and not say anything for an hour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. Thanks for coming on, man. No, it's so cool to be a part of this whole deal. It's really cool. Well, Jeremy, your family, you know that, right? What's that? Your family, you know that, right? Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's breaking up. <laughs> I said, fuck off. You know that, right? <laughs> Oh, cool. Good to be here. <laughs> um, see you guys in that pit. Uh, 2022. <laughs> Hopefully right, later baby. this year. <laughs> I'm going to go to the first... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go to the first Five Iron show that, that happens. I think I'm going to fly to it, wherever it is. Yeah, I, I think unequivocally that needs to be... That needs to be the case. Yeah, yeah, like keyboards at it? <laughs> I, uh, Beach. I won't be there to play keyboard. I'll have a beer ski. Come on. No. You can have a beer ski and play keyboard. I'm not you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just put it in a Starbucks cup. That's how you got to rock it. No, I'm serious. I think I want to go to the first show you guys can do. I feel like it'll be really rowdy. Fort yeah. Walton Beach, and you're playing keyboards. Don't play in Fort Walton Beach. <laughs> There'll be like three people there. Who's playing? Are they reggae? <laughs> where's my Where's my teeth? Oh man, <laughs> I love Buffett. 
Jimmy Buffett <laughs> is as good <laughs> as it can get. In Scott, my heart. can we just can we just do a Jimmy Buffett cover band, please, for a minute? <laughs> for like, a minute. can we just um. just open for ourselves Jimmy Buffett cover band? Fiverr and Frenzy. My joke about my area is that all our national chains are boutique local places, you know? Oh, I go to the local coffee shop. It's all made right there. Starbucks. It is delicious. Burger King is local. I don't know. I'm sorry. Everybody in my town is horrible. Sorry. Um. I'm tired. I've been to your town three times, and it's wonderful. Good sushi. Good sushi. Also, King? if you're in, if you're into meth, it there's is a, a lot great of meth. Place. Great meth town. <laughs> a lot of good meth. The blue stuff. It's beautiful. Mm. Oh, it's got that Heisenberg shit. That's right. This isn't meth. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy is the one. Jeremy's the one who knocks. That's right. <laughs> uh, some of this is going to be edited out. <laughs> Deep cuts. Deep cuts. That's disappointing. <laughs> No, this was fun. You guys are awesome. Keep doing your podcast. It's awesome. Oh, we're 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 keeping going, baby. Season we're three. We're keeping going. Season three is starting you, soon. Hey. Do you guys edit stuff? <laughs> I, know, I know it's hard because to believe. Because I listen to the podcast. <laughs> it's hard to believe, but yes, I edit the podcast. Wow. This one's gonna be long and treacherous. <laughs> yep. I'm Thanks, sorry. <laughs> Well, thank you to Jeremy, Reese, and Scott for joining us once more. Great and uh, wild conversation. (laughs) Um, If you want to weigh in with your thoughts on our conversation, anything we talked about, you can do so at Magnified Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Subscribe if you haven't yet already and give us a rating or review. We'll read your review on the pod. Email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763, 8727-MAGPOD. And you can support us over at our Patreon, patreon.com slash magnified pod, which we want to welcome two new Patreon punks to the family, Escher Wenberg and Don Engie. <laughs> there you go. Welcome, Escher and Don. Um, anybody can go check out the Patreon, see what we're doing over there. Uh, episodes early, bonus stuff, all that good stuff, and uh, more coming soon for season three. You can pick up some merch at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. And new merch coming. New merch, new merch coming, coming, baby. Soon. <laughs> thanks to Shadow <laughs> Producer Jason and Unoriginal Vinyl. And thanks to Heavy Orton Studios and Danny Leary for our artwork. Well, season two is winding down, uh, but we want you to be found enjoying the next season. of the pants uh, now who holds the pants and whose are these pants <laughs>
maybe that's uh, inappropriate to do over a song as serious as Renegades, but <laughs> I can fade it out before the lyrics or something. <laughs> nah, I'm I'm leaving <laughs> I'm leaving that in there. <laughs> For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.